What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go, many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And as always, like the Blazing Defender Report. And now, for your listening pleasure, The Blazing Defender Report, with your host, Travis Jones. Welcome, everyone, to another episode, the 90th episode, might I add, of The Blazing Defender Report. I'm your host, Travis Jones. What's going on? I am fucking for this show today what's going on guys glad you could be here it's always a pleasure i see guys are in the chat guys are already talking i fucking love it absolutely love it i'm excited i'm excited there's a lot of cool shit going on right now we had some fantastic comic books i got a great show for you well it's gonna be great in my mind (laughs) you may not think it's so good uh, I'm talking Punisher season two. I'm not done. I really, really tried to get it done, but I am right, right in front of the last episode. I'm on episode 13, but I'm not done yet. Uh, we're going to travel to speculation town for Avengers Endgame. Like people say to me, dude, just watch the movie, bro. Like why you always got to trust bullshit? Like I get it. Okay, but this shit is fun for me. Like, and I never get anything right, so I'm not spoiling shit, right? Uh, I'm going to talk about Glass very, very briefly. Went and seen Glass, uh, me and a buddy of mine. We're going to talk about that just, just, just briefly, just briefly. Um, I didn't think it warranted a whole show, and you'll find out why here in a minute. Um, and I got comic reviews, man, and holy shit, I've got some number ones. And something I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start like reading a comic that I have no fucking idea about. Don't know what it is, and uh, we're going to see if it's any good or not, and we're going to talk about it, and I've got one of those today, and um, it's something that I probably would have read, so I kind of (laughs) cheated, but it was really good, so we're going to talk about it, but first off, uh, I really want to give a shout out to Collector Zone and the members of Collector Zone Cantina. Guys, if you're a collector, this is where you need to be. It's just a positive place, man. And how many places on the fucking internet can you go and be positive? Right? I've got a little theory about that. It's been done in some other shows. I won't do it today because we got too much to talk about. But Collector's Own, like, if you're on a bus and you're traveling the internet, there's some places you don't want to get off. Facebook is usually one of them. Okay? Instagram's a really good neighborhood. Twitter... Uh, you got to kind of know how to navigate Twitter, but it's got some bad areas. Facebook is the downtown slum area. You don't want to go to Facebook. There's a lot of negativity, a lot of bullshit, a lot of political crap. Collector's Own Cantina is the diamond in the rough. You can get off there. You can have a great time. Uh, it's for collectors. And speaking of which, okay, I got this bad boy the other day. This is... Dark side, okay, and his cape's a little fucked up. All right, this dude is heavy, man. This is a Mezco figure, uh, and as you can see, his face lights up. 
He's got multiple heads. He come in this really, really cool tin uh, right here. Okay. Okay. Mezco, Collector's Own. You can buy all that stuff at Collector's Own Cantina. Okay. And like I said, dude, he's metal. I'm like, look, check it out. He's got like a little magnetic mother box. It goes right on his belt back there. Huh? Is that cool? Is he cool or what, dudes? Of course he is. He's his he's got a head that where the omega beams come out and they light up. It's so cool, man. I love him. He's awesome. But guys, go to Collector's Own and uh go to Collector's Own Cantina. You're gonna get a like you're gonna get discounts. And you're just going to meet some cool people, man. And that ain't that what it's all about. It's all about meeting cool people. People that like the same shit you do, man. All right, us nerds, man. We got to stick together, right? Okay, cool. Next thing is, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, the Zone Comic Shop, Dan's having a huge anniversary sale, the 26th year of the Zone Comic Shop, man. This is like becoming a part of Louisville pop culture, this shop is. He's got a great shop. He, if you, he doesn't have it, he'll find it for you, Okay. Great help, great customer service. Please, please check out the Zone Comic Shop. All right, on to the meat, as we like to say in the podcasting business. Nobody says that in the podcasting business. Uh, all right, my glass review. All right, I've got some notes wrote down, okay? I'm going to go over this real quick. Um, overall, I liked it, okay? I've got all these cool images, and I haven't even I haven't put up shit for you all yet. All right, let's do this. Bingo. How about that? Look at this. This guy's got images. This is so cool. Okay. So, um, I liked it. M. Night Shyamalan and the M. Night Shyamalan verse, as uh, some people are calling it with his superhero and supervillains, his original stuff. I really liked Unbreakable. I love the split. Um, and this is kind of a culmination of those two movies, right? Uh, the star of this movie is James McAvoy. Holy shit. He takes the exact same character from Split and brings it over and kind of amps it up a little bit. In limited screen time, mind you, he does a fantastic job from going from one character to the next. I'm sure they edit it that way, right? But it's so good, okay? Um, what else can I say? Willis. Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis. I don't know what happened to the guy. He was like our, like... When I was a kid, he was like the action star, right? I used to watch him on Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd. I'm really showing my age here, but I loved Moonlighting. Like, I, this is how stupid I was when I was a kid, okay? Still stupid, but when I was a kid, I was dumber, if you can believe that. I wanted my hair to recede. I wanted my hair to recede like Bruce Willis's character in Moonlighting. Because I thought he was so fucking cool. Little did I fucking know, when it starts to recede, it just keeps on fucking going. Thus, I wear the hat all the time. But... Uh, I digress, like, follically and emotionally. All right. Uh, the fight scenes were not great. Um, and I think you guys even seen it in the trailer when he's doing the running, like the cat. Uh, it looked awful. I thought it looked awful in the trailer. It looks awful in the movie. It's just not, the fight scenes just weren't good. Uh, but we don't really go to see those fight scenes, Right. Uh, we're going for the story, and the story was good in both movies. And I will say this, the story is good here. It's just, it's lacking something. Uh, I don't really know what it's missing. But in the end, the end is good. Like, the first twist, you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. 
I'm not blown away though, M. Night. Just not blown away. The second twist, I was like, ah, damn. Did not see that coming. Now, he's known for that, right? His endings, they either hit or they miss. I'm going to say this was a double. This wasn't a grand slam. It was a double. Maybe a triple, but definitely a double. It was just other things that I really, really didn't like about it. Okay? But go see the movie for yourself. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay. The girl and Kev, you know, Kevin's persona uh, from Split and the girl, they had like this, I don't know, a love, like a love interest. I didn't get that from Split, but apparently she felt sorry for him. I don't know what was going on. If I was confused, I'm sure some other people were too. Uh, I really like the fact that they used Bruce Willis's son from the first movie, the kid, when he's like, don't worry, dad. I won't tell anybody your secret. Like, I was like, oh, goddamn, kid, you're killing me. He's like all grown up and shit now, and he kind of plays Bruce Willis's oracle. All right, like he's the kid in the chair. He's he's my Casey Strolls. He's my man in the chair, right? So, yeah, that was pretty cool. But, um, and then the chick that plays the doctor, she's done a lot of stuff. American Horror Stories, where I know her from most. Can't think of her name. She's a good actress. Doesn't blow me away, but she is definitely solid. She was solid in this. Um, but Glass, uh, Sam Jackson's character to me was the downfall. He doesn't get a lot of screen time. And when he does, you know, he has a plan in place. And to me, it was fairly obvious what was going on. So that's the reason I say that first ending, the, the first twist in the movie just didn't twist me. You know what I'm saying? So go see it. See what you think about it for yourself. Uh, I know it's gotten mixed reviews. The end, how things end, have really got people upset. I totally like it because I still think they can build on what M. Night, M. Night has created. And again, the last ending, you're going to be like, oh, damn, they're definitely setting up for something else. All right, so enough of that. Let's get on to Punisher Season 2. I really wanted to finish that for you guys today. I really, really did. But I got to episode 12. Um, okay, this is what I'm going to say about Punisher. Someone in the chat earlier said, I think it was Jason, it said, first rule about Punisher Season 2 is we don't talk about Punisher Season 2. That's probably what we should do. And it's funny he says that because... Jigsaw, or Billy Russo's character, reminds me a lot of Tyler Durden. Does it not? Like, not the underground fight club, but like getting vets and assembling this army and taking over the city. And he's very like, rah, rah, we've been fucked over. Let's fuck some other people, you know? Um, And honestly, it kind of worked for me a little bit. Russo's character to me... It was his it it was the most evolved of all the characters of the season I thought like especially when he finds out that Frank is the one that did it to his face and he goes and sees the doctor who's hot as balls but he goes and sees his psychiatrist who he's banging which we knew that was going to happen right he like totally loses his shit and has a meltdown like he's devastated and man like I was like oh damn Billy oh come on Frank give him a hug. So that was really, really good performance. Um, I really liked the girl, the his little micro, I call her. Um, I thought she was good. It, apparently, this is one of the first things she's ever done, like first major things that she's ever done. So kudos to her. I think she did a fantastic job. She's really, really cute. 
Her character was played really, really smart. I really like how they use her to humanize Frank. When she went to go shoot Frank, or like she threw the tennis ball and got Frank to look the other way, and she tried to take his gun, and he fucking flipped her, and like I was like, oh shit. And then the look on her face, like she was devastated. It's just like a girl that has daddy issues, right? Which you know she does. She's really wanting Frank's approval. And when she does that, or he reacts the way he does, and she, it's just the look on her face. Like, there was a lot of emotional moments in this. And this is where I'll, I'll segue to this. Thir- Netflix, listen to me. 13 episodes is too goddamn many. You could have made a much, much faster paced, better, hard hitting emotional story with 10. With 10. You don't need 13. Now, granted, I want the John Pilgrim origin story. I want that. You didn't quite give me an origin story, but you kind of let me know his background a little bit. I want more of that shit. Okay, I want more of her backstory because they were interesting characters. John Pilgrim, by the way, because I had some people text me this, is original. He is not from the comic books. Uh, and I love the reformed skinhead or what is he reformed, right? Um, I love that angle. They also did that on a show called Strike Back on Cinemax where one of the sheriff's deputies was a reformed skinhead um, member or soldier, I guess. And he was a badass too. So really, really good. Actually, he was in, uh, Iron Fist season one. He was one of the, uh, he was shit. One of the fuck the Rands that ran the company. One of Danny's, you know, uh, brothers or whatever, foster brothers or whatever. Um, so, okay. And, and, and I have to say this for all the guys in the chat that like watch porn and I, I don't, I don't watch porn, obviously. Um, I just hear about it, but did hookup hotshot get a shout out on Punisher season two? And if you guys have seen hookup hotshot, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. I was like, Oh shit. Hell no. Are they going to go see hookup hotshot? <laughs> so they should have got the guy, man. Like if he had opened the door, I'd have lost my shit. Like it'd have been fucking hilarious, but nope, no, no such luck there. Um, so I just thought the progression was just way too slow. And this is what I want, guys, from a Punisher. I want Punisher to be fucking Punisher. Like, the child porn guy, he blows him away. That girl doesn't stop him. Frank shoots that dude in the fucking balls and lets him bleed out. There's no, there's nothing about that 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 is not Punisher. A granite, nice touch, him burning the house down or burning his equipment and everything. That was cool. No, 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 no. Punisher ties his dick in a knot, gives him a bowie knife, sets a place on fire as he's tied up and goes, make a fucking choice, dude. You can live, but you're going to live without your dick. That would have been the Punisher. All right? But that's not what he did. So I get it. They're trying to humanize him. They want him to be the hero. But, I mean, Punisher's not. He's the quintessential anti-hero. All right? He has a code. All right? And he follows that code. But... He really fucks people up badly. Now, there was some fantastic... The scene in the woods, the first fight scene in the bar, fantastic. The wood scene where he's he's got the broken arm and he's shooting people off the cast, fantastic. Um, the scene in the alley I loved where the bounty's on their heads and they're like, look, asshole, there's six of us. And he fucking dusts five of them with like 
three seconds, maybe not even that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like there were several scenes that got me pumped up. And then they give me 30 minutes of shit. Like, get Billy, dude. You don't get two tries to get Billy. He went after Billy twice. Once, he couldn't take the shot. The second time, he gets caught by the police. Which, I get it. That was a whole part of the plot driving and all that. But, dude, you should have... When he goes after Billy, it needs to end. Maybe not the first time, but definitely the second time. Or you're just dragging it out, right? Okay. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. It was it, it, It's okay. I'm not going to score it yet because I haven't seen it all. Episode 13 may blow me away, make everything make sense, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. I don't think it will, but all I'm saying is I think Casey uh, Jones posted earlier, if I, if I remember that. Uh, oh, yeah, the fight scene in the gym. That was fantastic. Yeah, and that was Keith Jardine, by the way, the one that he really fucked up. That dude's a UFC fighter. He used to be a UFC fighter, so pretty, pretty big badass, right? But when he grabs that five-pound weight and just starts fucking him up that was an awesome scene yeah that was a really good scene the fight scenes have been great there just hasn't been enough of them give me more action if i'm watching a punisher series if if i'm watching jessica jones give me that dramatic shit okay but when i'm watching punisher just fuck people up i'll be happy um okay and casey uh, i think casey said um before he said something about like um the, the Netflix shows have really fallen off, right? And they have. I know people like Daredevil Season 2. I did not. Uh, I, the Iron Fist, we're not even going to discuss Iron Fist on this show. That's how bad it is. Luke Cage, we're not going to discuss Luke Cage. It's shit. I didn't even finish the second season of Jessica Jones. It was so slow and awful and boring and just whatever. Uh, but I really liked the first season of Jessica Jones. So the Netflix shows have really, really not given me given me what I want in these characters. So um, uh, <laughs> Kurt says, "Okay, you Travis, you're allowed to be wrong." Yeah. Hey, if you love this shit, man, fucking awesome, dude. Support it, buy it, love it. Uh, but this is my show because it says somewhere on here. Uh, starring Travis Jones, that's me. So y'all, fuck you. This is my fucking opinion, and this I just don't like it. I want a more comic, true character. Um, if especially if you're gonna do Punisher, okay. Uh, but check it out. Yeah, let me know what you guys think about it. I mean, you kind of are, so I'm cool with that. Um, all right. So now we're gonna get into some. Avengers 4 speculation. And you know what? I had a fucking graphic for Punisher 2. God damn it. I really need a producer. All right. Hold on. Yeah. All right. Boom. (laughs) I really like that. That's a cool image, right? Okay. So, all right. So, first of all, we're going to start. When I say speculation on Avengers 4, um, I really don't mean like, like, I'm I'm trying to figure it out, right? Like, well, I kind of am, I guess. But, like, what could happen, all right? And there's been some interesting um, theories bouncing around, and they kind of make sense. And, you know, sometimes I'll talk about the dumb ones just because they're fun to talk about. But this one is pretty good, actually, because uh, of the Spider-Man trailer that recently came out. The internet kind of went crazy, uh, you know, how fanboys do. And they were talking about how the lack of Tony Stark, okay, Um, 
Yeah, Kurt also agrees. Well, hey, me and Kurt agree on something. He agrees that no reason to go to 13 is a story he doesn't need. I agree. There's so much fluff that they could cut out and, and, and get it down to a faster-paced, more emotional story in 10. Uh, but we discussed that. So, um, the the with the new Spider-Man 2 trailer, the internet kind of went crazy about Tony Stark. Like, he was so prominent in Homecoming. Where's he at? All right. Did he make it through Endgame? Okay. Now, of course, you're going to be like, well, they're not going to show him because they don't want to spoil it. Well, did they already? That's kind of the question. For one thing, you got happy in the very opening uh, opening part. You got happy hitting on Aunt May. Okay. That was kind of Tony's deal. But now we know Tony's with Pepper. All right. But Tony is still going to be Tony and he's going to flirt and everything else. So happy, as far as we know, didn't have shit, didn't have anybody. All right. And look at the guy who, who the fuck would want him. So he's hitting on Aunt May. Uh, and so people kind of jumped to speculation there. Now, Aunt May is obviously doing her charity work as she was known for in the comic books. And the donation check from Stark Industries is not signed by Tony. It's signed by Pepper Potts. Does that mean Tony wasn't around to sign it? We don't know. It wouldn't be, for me, it's not unfathomable to see Pepper Potts sign a check. She's CEO. She runs it. Is Tony Stark really sitting around and signing checks? No. Especially those big, ridiculous checks? No, he's not signing that shit. So, I'm sure that was Pepper's, one of her duties is to sign checks. Um, so I don't know why people are jumping to this conclusion. This is his last movie on the contract. So there has been speculation that somehow strange has forward these stones through time for Tony to get and to form a gauntlet of his own. And the theory is he beats Thanos with his own gauntlet, his own gems, and it kills him in the process. Not totally crazy right but we'll see um but the real one i want to talk about is this one and this is kind of a theory of my own the blazing defender theory and it's not really uh as far as how the movie will end or what will happen but this is what i want to this is what i want to propose to you guys and i've said it before is thanos the villain i don't believe he is um, or let's put it this way. It's in his mind. He's not the villain. Everything he does is for a purpose. Uh, it's a means to an end. And in his mind, this is a noble end. Now, wh- wh- where I'm getting this at, there's a scene. Of, we all know it, right? It all made us go fucking bonkers in the trailer when he grabbed Cap's glove. Okay, or I'm sorry, when Cap grabs his glove and, 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 you know, there was many speculations going around on why Thanos looked at Captain America like he did, like, like, like puzzled, like, what the fuck? For one thing, oh, my God, how's this human this strong? Well, you know, oh, because he's so driven and, you know, which that these are all great theories. I'm not saying they're wrong, but let's look at it another way. Um, If you have not read Titan Consumed. Thanos Titan consumed the novel. You really, really need to. This cat, I think his name's Bernard. He worked with the screenwriters of Infinity War to create this novel, which is basically a backstory and origin story, if you will, of Thanos and 
how he was cast out of Titan. You get to see Thanos' first date. I know it sounds weird, but it all has a huge, huge bearing on Thanos as the story progresses. Um, so, and he he's trying to tell these people, I'll be the first to go. I'm, I will sacrifice myself first, but there's not going to be a world left if you keep going the way it is. So Thanos has done everything from day one or the day he decided to go on this mission. He has done it for noble reasons. So, and Thanos, like in this book, he sees people as being noble warriors and he talks about how he respects them. Who are you going to respect more than Captain America? So like when he's looking at Cap, it's almost like he sees and respects this human being that is standing up to him and, and is fighting for what he believes is right. Now, Thanos could have crushed him with the Infinity Gauntlet, but he didn't. He used his offhand hand and smacked him away. Okay? So that tells me that there's a possibility here that Thanos is not the villain in Avengers 4. Stay with me. Stay with me. Okay? So, at the end of this novel, he speaks to this individual called the Lore Speaker. He, like, treks the universe and goes through this really, really bad part of the galaxy to find this guy that lives in isolation. Okay, now I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything as far as like what this guy's motivation was, the lore speaker, but he knows all these things. So how does he know these things? Okay, well, I don't want to spoil that either. But what he does know is why the Infinity Stones were hidden because Thanos because at this point, Thanos does not believe in the Infinity Stones. He's only heard stories, but he heard that this lore speaker knows the stories of the infinity stones so he checks him out right so he goes to asking questions and the lore speaker tells thanos why they were hidden because and hold on i've got to get this right uh because i wrote it down bitches i write shit down now all right um the stones are hidden from afar the lore speaker tells thanos that the stones are hidden because they are too powerful for any one person to hold. And because the celestials and the others that the celestials fear are keeping a close eye on the stones from afar. That's taken directly out of the book. Okay. So the celestials who are some of the most powerful beings in this galaxy, in this Marvel MCU, there are people that they are fucking scared of. And they are watching the stones. They may have been the ones that hid the stones to begin with. Now that one person has the glove and has caused basically irreparable damage to the galaxy, to the universe, these motherfuckers are about to come to play. Now, what else um, is evidence of this? There's There was a toy line that just came out in the back of the box description. It's the one where it shows Rocket and Thor in the new Avengers 4 suits. And it says that there are other beings outside of Thanos to be feared. Why would it say that? These guys are coming to play. Okay, now I'm not saying it's going to be an Avengers Thanos team up. I'm not saying that. 
But let's just for a minute think that Thanos doesn't necessarily have to be the big bad at the end of Avengers 4. And we all seen the trauma that Gamora's death, Maul's death, all these, you know, the death does have an effect on him. It is changing Thanos. I'm not saying he becomes a good guy at the end of this because Thanos already is the good guy. He already is. It, does he see Erva's ways at the end of Avengers 4? I don't know. I don't think he will because he is so driven. He's obsessed with this drive to do what he did. And he accomplished that. So it's going to be real. I'm real curious to see how Thanos comes back into the fold. Does the time stone alert him to the Avengers going back in time and trying to redo things and all that? So really, really cool shit, uh, I think. Um, for Avengers Four, but you re- you guys really need to li- read that book. Oh, and the uh, the leading candidate for one of these big bad creatures, I would really like it to be Galactus, but uh, a lot of people think it's going to be Annihilus from the Fantastic Four comics. Um, he's a bad motherfucker, and apparently, this is who people think is going to be. The next big bad. Now, why they think that, I don't know. I like Galactus. And Marvel's already in talks with the director to do the Silver Surfer movie. So, bring the Silver Surfer and the fucking Big Purple Eater in, man. That would be, how awesome would that be? I know Casey Strolls is a huge Cosmic fan, uh, a Cosmic Marvel fan. So, I know he's going to love that. Uh, but, yeah, read Titan Consumed. All right. Now, I have to say this. Just a caveat on Titan Consumed. They said it's not canon, okay? But listen, the people that are saying it's not canon are the same people that didn't give us a fucking title for six months, close to a year, because they said it was spoilerific. It was. It's not really, is it? You know, I don't know. Maybe after we see the movie, we're going, oh, fuck, it was a spoiler because of this and because Strange said this to Tony and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, but read Titan Consumed. It's a great read. If you're a Thanos fan like I am, if you're a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, you should definitely read it. Okay, and really, 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 really quick, uh, the retcon on Spider-Man 2. I said when we re- I reviewed the trailer last show that it was Hydro-Man, uh, Sandman. You know, I thought those villains, well, they're not. The, the villains are the elementals. Way, 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 way back in Spider-Man comics, they fought the ele- he fought the elementals. And it's uh, Hydron, which is Lord of Water, Magnum, which is not Master of Condoms, which I thought it was going to be. It's Master of the Earth, Hellfire, Wilder of Flame, and Zephyr, the Mistress of the Winds. So that's going to be the big bads in Spider-Man 2. Uh, and no news on Shazam, and frankly, who gives a fuck? Because I think that movie looks fucking stupid. Again, Kurt, I hope I'm wrong, but I... Cannot get with this suit. This muscle suit? So we're never going to see Zachary Levi out of the muscle suit? Like he's always going to be wearing it because the motherfucker's got shoulder caps that you could sit a cereal bowl on? You know, he's going to look really stupid in regular clothes with it, not in a muscle suit. Oh, God, it's awful. Um, Jeez, I hate fun. Ha, ha, ha. Kurt, goddamn you. I don't hate fun. I hate stupid shit. Are we not out of the air in the muscle suit? I mean, they made Josh Brolin Thanos and he looked up fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, I, just, I don't like stupid shit. I, the movie can be fucking fun. I hope it is fun. It, it needs to be. It needs to be a, 
a big type movie with like you know, Tom Hanks is big. It needs to be kind of like that, but with like he's got superpowers, right? That's fun. Uh, muscle suits are not fun. They're fucking stupid. So, yeah, he's going to look stupid out of a suit. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. But, uh, yeah, I'm not hyped for Shazam at all. And I really want to be because I'm super excited for The Rock to be uh, Black Adam. Black Adam was one of my favorite. Dark Side and Black Adam are one of my favorite DC villains. So I'm really, really hoping that this movie's good. But I just, they're going to have to explain this fucking suit, man. Someone told me that, oh, they explained it in one of those trailers. So I went back and watched every TV spot, every trailer. There was no fucking explanation for the stupid fucking suit. I mean, the dude looks like, uh, you know, fucking Ronnie Coleman, white Ronnie Coleman in this suit. And his head's like this big. I don't know, man. It's funny. They tease his hair up and like make his hair thicker like uh, Johnny Bravo or some shit to make it the aesthetics look right. It still doesn't. Yeah, it's not. In this day and age... Uh, yeah, you're not going to see him out of the suit. Well, I think that's, I don't know. I, does that pigeonhole him a little bit? So he's always going to be running around in this crazy red suit, red, red and gold suit. I don't know. I mean, we see Batman out of the suit. We see Superman out of the suit. Fucking fly. I mean, everybody's out of a suit, right? Even Cyborg, they put in regular clothes. I don't know. Hey, I hope it's fucking great, man. Uh, fingers crossed. I'll be there. As soon as tickets go on sale, I will have my fucking ticket to see Shazam, and I pray to God that I'm fucking wrong. All right, guys. Uh, 35 minutes. Okay. Um, I know. I read that. They had five of them. Jason Jones said, I read that suit alone was a million dollars. Yes, they had five suits. Each one's a million bucks. Now, uh, my cousin, Ryan Gastinger, I don't know if he's in the chat. I thought he was, who has uh, who has a great Facebook group, by the way. It's called Orcs, uh, Ohio, River Valley, Ohio River Valley Cosplayers. Uh, check him out on Facebook. He posted this dude in it. Like, the, there's the Shazam suit, the, the million-dollar suit, and then there's one a cosplayer did. Dude. <laughs> I mean... Pretty goddamn close. Now, I know it's not, you know, they got to look right on screen and everything. But in this picture, this cosplayer suit looked pretty fucking good. So, yeah, I think uh, Warner Brothers got ripped off on the million-dollar suits. But anyway, so what's a Spider-Man suit cost? What's the Iron Spider suit cost? What Does anybody have fucking specs on that? Is that a billion-dollar suit then? If fucking the Shazam's a, a million dollars? Oh, man, it makes it's just weird. So anyway, uh, but still very, very excited. Um, right, and I get it. Shazam out of the suit is a 10-year-old kid. I, you're right. And I guess that's the reason you were never going to see him out of the suit. Again, I feel like they kind of pigeonholed themselves a little bit. So whenever he says Shazam, he's going to be in the suit. And I get it. Uh, it's probably even not that big of a deal. Once we see it on film, it's going to look great. And as long as the fight scenes and everything are good, it's going to be fucking fantastic. So, uh, probably going to be better than Captain Marvel. Just saying. Uh, all right. So, guys, I got some great comics for you. Some fucking great comics for you. I mean, like, man, like, last week was a great week. And this is another good, solid fucking week. Hey, and just just FYI, you know, like, people talk about, like, comic sales being down and, like, print comics are going away it's all going to be digital don't buy the hype man 
sales were up 33% from last year. Like, that's hard to believe, right? Um, I couldn't believe it myself. I seen a stat. It may have been Jason Jones that posted it. Maybe he'll post it again for us. Uh, but, oh, and really quick, guys, I forgot to mention this earlier because I'm not sure where to get them at, to be honest. They're my shirts, but I don't know where to get them. The Giant Size Team Up Network has a, um, we have a uh, a shirt store, a merchandise store. Uh, I don't know where it is, uh, but I'll find the link and I'll post it. But I'm sure if you you Google Giant Size Team Up Merch Store, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a link. You're gonna get a Facebook page or something. And the Blazing Defender shirts with the skulls you see right there. Um, you can buy those shirts. I usually wear one on air, but I didn't today. Um, so yeah, check those out. I know you guys have been asking, asking, asking. So check that, check that out. Uh, and buy Blazing Defender shirt. Uh, be really cool to see it pop up in an ad somewhere or something. It'd be really neat. Okay. Um, oh, Kurt just posted it. Thank you, sir. That, all right. Yes, Jason. I got you, buddy. I got you. Uh, thir- oh, 3.3% graphic novel sales were soft, but monthly sales were up. Okay. That, that's, yeah. All right. But again, People are saying that the industry's dying. It's not dying. I was way off. Uh, I was like, a de- yeah, that's how big a decimal point makes, right? I went 33%. It's 3.3%. Uh, but they're still up. So what I'm saying is it's just a great time to get into comics. And there's some good ones. And here's some number one prints that started this week that I'm going to tell you guys about. Now, one of the books that I did not purchase that um, I really I wanted to read, and I found it online to read, is uh, Buffy Number 1, created by Joss Whedon. Uh, now, Buffy Number 1 is by Jordi Belair, and the art is by Dan Mora. I had no idea about either one of these, these people. Uh, now, since it is a number one, I was curious. I'm like, so is this going to be a rehashing of the Buffy story? which I know by heart. Buffy is one of my fucking favorite TV shows of all time. The comics, even after season seven, when they started season eight in the comics, they were really good, okay? I'm pretty sure Joss overseen a lot of the story arcs going on, and it was just really, really good stuff. Um, No, this is not a rehash. This is a reboot with a different story. So, as I was reading, I was like, oh, well, this ain't how it went down. Oh, we're seeing her already. Okay, that's cool. So, I'm really, really curious to see where they go from this. Now, just to show you, one of the things I hated about the Dark... Now, this is from Boom Studios, okay? The original, the other Buffy series was done for Dark Horse. Now, with Boom... Uh, with Dark Horse, I'm sorry, the art just always let me down. I always hated the fucking artwork, right? The stories were cool, but I hated the artwork. This is a look at the artwork and the interiors. Um, Buffy looks just like Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? Like, really good. Soda Willow and Xander and some other people. Giles looks just like Giles from the TV show. So this artist, this uh, this Dan Mora, he's doing a great job, man. And this was a really, really good reboot like i could totally see this on tv if they rebooted it in the story but they kept the you know the cute girl the 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 high school drama her making friends her being an outcast and her being a badass 
So this was a really, really cool first issue, guys. So if you're into Buffy and you want to check it out, please do. I highly recommend this. I'm going to, I may add it to my pools. I'm going to wait and see what issues two and three do as far as the story goes. But uh, they really kind of kept it different, and that's really cool to see. So I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, first issue, it caught my attention. It wasn't a rehash. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen next, right? So that's always pretty cool, too. All right. Uh, next book we're going to do. And I know one guy in the chat's going to, like, he just fucking blew his load all over his fucking computer screen. Um, but yeah, Batman 62. Uh, did I write it down? I don't guess I did. Nope, I didn't. But 63. There it is. Uh, good thing about keeping the cover, right? So, Tom King and uh, Mikkel Jan, you know, man, all right, uh, love him or hate him, Tom King is the best writer on Batman of all time. Some of his stories haven't hit quite as hard as some of his other ones. Some of, some of his stories have been character-defining, okay? Um, uh, Mikkel Mann, I really dig his artwork. I'm sorry, Jan, I really... Um, I really dig his artwork. I think it's very cool. Um, but this story is a little bit different because it is, um, they're doing something to Batman. Okay. And I don't want to, I don't want to give a spoiler, but Constantine basically tells Batman what's going on in this issue with himself. Like he's in a dream state. He's being basically dosed with scarecrow fear toxin, to put him in this uh, this illusionary state where he thinks these things are going on. Constantine is there, but he's not really there to guide Batman, like to help Batman. Now, if anybody's familiar with the Grant Morrison run of Batman, Batman actually knows he he has things in place in his mind in case he's ever mind controlled. Okay, it was Zur in Ra in in Grant Morrison's run, and in this run, I, I I feel like he has implanted Constantine in his subconscious to help, like tell him this is bullshit. Now, what's curious is is are Constantine and Batman that tight? But why would Batman choose him and not Alfred or somebody? You know what I mean? So maybe we find out that it actually was Constantine. He says in this book, in the story, he wasn't there. He's not really there. I'm in, I'm in your head, man. So really, really cool. I dig this. It really shows Batman's life if him and Catwoman had stayed together. But this is all part of, uh, is it Bane's plan or is it Thomas Wayne's plan? There's a lot to be explained. And as I was reading the comments online about this issue, man, there's some really pissed off people. But I will say this. Tom King is a long game player. And what I mean by that is he's looking three issues down the line. Now, don't get me wrong. Mr. Miracle fucking sucked. 12 issues to tell a story and you gave me the same fucking story each issue. This is not going to be that way. I can definitely see the bricks being laid on the foundation of a fantastic story here. So stay with it, guys. But I'm going to give this a seven and a half because we're finally starting to get some answers on what the hell's going on these last couple issues of Batman. Like, 
Is he in a dream? Is he dead? Where's he at? Blah, blah, blah. Well, we're starting to see now something come together. So, uh, and here's uh, here's the page that I wanted to display. <laughs> he, even though he puts Constantine in his in his memory or in his mind, he still knocks him out. So, or or, or knocks the shit out of him. So I thought that, and I thought this was great by uh, Mikkel because he's got the cigarette. Like he knocks the cigarette out of his mouth. It's pretty funny. Uh, but you know that's Batman, right? Batman's he's kind of a dick. He's pretty much a dick all the time. But we love him. All right, next book, guys. No, another number one that I would not have bought. Uh, but I was very curious in the storyline. I thought the cover looked fantastic. And I like, man, when I was first started collecting comics, I collected the Ninja Turtles. Now, it's been years since I've, I've read a Turtles comic book. So this is actually the first one I've picked up. And this is Splinter in Hell. Now, this would the cover would tell you. Now, I, I, I have not been reading Turtles. I know nothing about this issue, okay? So picking this up as a new as a new reader, because basically I am, Shredder in Hell. All right, did Shredder die in the regular series? And this is his journey through hell? Yeah, kind of is. So let me give you a look at what the artwork is going to look like. Yeah, Shredder is basically at war with himself. Um, He's seeing the person he was and now the person that he is, and they're fighting each other. Splinter is there as kind of like his spirit animal, if you will, which, you know, they were very close friends. They were brothers uh, in in learning martial arts. That much I remembered. Now, uh, it's still really cool about how he's he's fighting like, you know, demons and everything in hell. But what happens is there's there's a woman involved. I'm not sure where she figures in. Uh, And then this lad, this is the last page the turtles show up. And if you could read their dialogue right there, they're basically like, what did he say last time? And, you know, Ralphie says something and, you know, he's like, Mikey, shut up. And, you know, like I didn't understand any of it, but, but I'm intrigued. The artwork looks really cool. The story's really cool. I kind of like these fighting with your inner self. Like what person do you want to be? This is how you get out of hell, man. Like, and it, this this brings up a great point in Punisher season two, where the doctor says, "If there is a hell, I believe we create our own for ourselves." And I totally believe that. So I think that's like this is a trippy issue, but it it's well written. It flows really well. It makes me want to find out more about this story. So I think I'm going to stick with this man. I actually do uh, because I dig the art, and I just thought it was a really, really, really cool story. So please check that out. If you're a Turtles fan, man, this might be a, a good time to get on. Now, again, you may need to find someone to explain to you what the fuck is going on. Like, give, give, give you some context, okay? And that's usually a story that I don't recommend. But, like, uh, if you know somebody that reads the Turtles, I'm sure you can Wikipedia it and, and figure it out. But this is a pretty cool story, man. So, uh, yeah, check that out. All right. The next two, man, are fucking amazing, all right? One, this one is a number one, so you can definitely get on board right away with this. And I know a lot of you have been waiting for it. I know I have, but it's the new team of the Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, now, uh, again, some context is, is, is made. 
Uh, was that a Punisher spoiler? No, it's not a Punisher spoiler. Uh, it was a conversation that uh, Mahani or whatever her name is, uh, the the Homeland Security agent, she has with um, the doctor of, of Jigsaw, of Russo, and she basically, you know, they're talking about, you know, heaven and hell, and she says if if there is a hell, like, I don't know if she believes in hell or not, but she says, I believe we create our own for ourselves, because Punisher, Billy, and Castle are all living in their own hell that they have created themselves, you see what I'm saying? So, no, it's not really a spoiler. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jamie, ch- yeah, check that out, dude. Um, yeah, Splinter looks really, really cool, so, yeah, I- I'm really curious to see where that goes. Um... Oh, and Jason Jones, if you ever get a chance to go say, you should check out IDW Comics. Very cool place. IDW is who do the Ninja Turtles. It's probably what's kept that company afloat, honestly, because that is a widely, widely popular book. Um, And I'm sure the Shredder book will be, too. Like I said, the cover was fucking dope. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy. As you can see, we got a new team of Guardians. Now, what happened to the old Guardians, okay? That's kind of, I knew some of that because I was reading the new Infinity War um, but I didn't really get all of it. So basically, Drax is dead. Gamora had the Infinity Stones, kind of lost her mind. Um, Groot and Quill are still together, and they gave Groot a voice now, like he can talk. I fucking hate it. Fucking hate it. I don't know why they thought that was such a good idea, but this Groot can fucking talk, and I hate it. So anyway, but I want to know what happened with Rocket because they're explaining to the Nova Corps officer what happened with Rocket Raccoon. Like, he's like, where's Rocket? And they're like, you know, Groot's basically like, we don't talk about Rocket. And I'm like, what did Rocket do? You know, like, did he become a bigger dick? Like, what happened? So I have no idea what happened to Rocket. So, but I'm really, I'm really, really wanting to see um, what happened with all that. But I probably have to go back. So anyway. So to this story, it opens with Star Fox. He's assembled all of these badass warriors from the cosmic realm. I mean, you've got Darkhawk, you've got Silver Surfer, you've got Moon Dragon, you've got uh, um, the Shahar Empire. You have um, oh shit, what's his name? Um, help me out here, Casey, the guy with the Mohawk from the Shahar. Um, the gladiator, gladiator, uh, you know, fucking jacked up Superman, right? So you got all these badasses. Well, he's got Thanos' body there. And this is basically like one of those uh, dinners where the guy that's killed, they think they're going to go read the will. And they show the video of the will. And the guy's like, I know somebody killed me in this room. Well, it's kind of like that. So basically, Star Fox is like, hey, you know, we should be here celebrating, but it's not that good. This is bad. And they're like, what do you mean? He's dead. And he's like, well, watch this. So Thanos had this thing uploaded if his body was to die. He basically downloaded his consciousness into someone. So Thanos is still around. Like his body may be dead, but he's still around. Okay, so he's like, we got to figure out who this is. He said, I may could do some more examination on a body to get some clues, blah, blah, blah. Well, lo and behold, the party gets disrupted. Uh, Let me see what I got here. Okay, here's a picture. Here's the scene where Thanos is basically telling them, like, you all should be celebrating. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're not going to. 
So Thanos being a pimp as always, he's even planned beyond his death. Okay, so pretty cool scene there. Uh, and the guys that break up the party, the Black Order. And the Black Order is back. Okay, now they are in their own book and they are working for the Grandmaster in that book. So I'm not sure where this is in the continuity of things. And, you know, don't get too bent out of shape about it because it'll work out eventually. But the Black Order is alive again and they are wrecking shop. Now, uh, Star Fox even basically says... They're not here to kill us. This is a robbery. So I thought that was a really cool thing. Like they're there to get Thanos' body. Okay. So the Black Order, all the Outriders, and you got Beta Ray Bill. I forgot to mention him, man. Like he's one of my favorites. So Beta Ray's there. And like, like I say, Beta Ray, Silver Surfer. I mean, you got some fucking, you got some heavy hitters there, man. Well, they uh, the Black Order has like this, it's like an orb. They detonate it and it creates a like rip in reality, like time space. It creates this vortex. Well, a lot of the heroes get sucked up in this vortex as they're trying to keep the Black Order from getting Thanos' body. It's a really, really cool scene. Well thought out. Looks really good. Now, a lot of our heroes get sucked in this vortex, right? Well... Oh, and Cosmic Ghost Rider. Holy shit, I forgot about fucking Cosmic Ghost Rider. Like, he's constantly crack. He's sitting at a bar. Like, they're at a bar, and he's, like, cracking jokes, sipping drinks. It's pretty cool. So, anyway, so as they get sucked through this vortex, you see this, you know, obviously that's Beta Ray's hammer fly out of the vortex. Oh, Rocket and Quill have just shown up. Like, they were looking for him at Nowhere. They tracked Nowhere, which that was the ship that Thanos and them were in. Like, Nowhere. Nowhere is the head of the Celestial. Okay? Like, they didn't even know it could fucking fly and shit. And now they're like, holy shit, somebody's controlling the head. So, uh, Quill and Groot, which are right here, obviously, in the third or third panel down from the top. They're there. They show up late because they find out from a Nova, Nova Corps member that there's this meeting that no one's supposed to know about, but everybody knows about. And Star Wars like, I don't know about it. What the fuck? So they take off. Uh, and right about then is when the attack happens. So Bill throws his hammer with the chain of Cosmic Ghost Rider attached to it to get uh, them and what's going to be the rest, the new group of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which you got Moon Dragon, you've got Cosmic Ghost Rider, Quill, Beta Ray, um, I, oh fuck, I can't remember who this is, um, shit, someone will help me in the chat, I uh, forget her name right offhand, but then there's Groot, okay, so, um, yeah, really, really cool shit, okay, here we go, did not make much sense to me. What did make sense to you? What the fuck would Corvus want with Thanos after he took a shit on him? Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider. So you killed you, you killed me in the future. Cosmic Ghost Rider. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great... Uh, yeah, because if you read Cosmic Ghost Rider's book, he, that's who kills him in the future is Silver Surfer. And Silver Surfer's welding Mjolnir, which was a fucking awesome. Like, that's a great story, man. I love that book. It was like one of my top 2018. Um, okay, yeah, pa- Pavel from the alternate reality. Okay, thank you, Casey. I knew you would know, buddy. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, this was a... Man, this was just a badass book. Now, okay, Jason, to, your, to yours about, about uh, Corvus and... 
Corvus is back from the in the grave, okay? And we're getting an insight of him in the Black Order book. So I'm I'm not sure like he was dead, right? Like Thanos killed him, but they all worship Thanos to to some degree. So when he probably contacted them from the dead, he may have said to them, Hey man, you got no reason to help me, but here's why you should. And what the fuck is what's he doing anyway, right? They were working for Grandmaster, he was a fucking prick. Uh, so now he's working for Thanos again. It's the devil that you know. You know what I'm saying? But the Black Order, they conspired against the Grandmaster, obviously, to get out from under his control. Maybe they're planning on doing the same thing to Thanos because he's really relying on them while they he needs his body. Now, they need his body, right? But who did Thanos download his consciousness into? I ain't saying. I ain't saying. Alright, you gotta read the book. Fantastic fucking first issue. Like, it had everything that you want. Oh, do I have another page? No, I don't have another page. I thought I did. Sorry. I thought I did. Um, you. I mean, like, this is a great book to get on board with. It's gonna be fun. Donny Cates is fucking killing it. Uh, it's just a great book, man. And and I, and I totally loved it. So I give it a nine and a half. Like a first issue hits all the marks: action, suspense, humor, good artwork, great storytelling. Nine and a fucking half, man. This is just a, it's just a good book. It was a good week, dude. We got the ten coming up. Hold your, hold your horses, hold your horses. All right. Uh, so yeah, Cosmic, uh, Ghost Rider, and Quill and the gang are back. It's going to be pretty cool. But you really need to see, yeah, I'm not going to tell you anymore. But there's there's a great oh shit moment at the end of this. All right. Uh, next book is another book that I probably would not buy, but I did read. Um, and it's really, really good. And it is the Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 1 by Ed Bryson and Carlos Gomez. Bryson, man, or Brisson, or however you say it. He the dude can write like he can really write like he's really good and some of his stuff none of his stuff is ever bad but some of it is just better than other stuff and this was a very very good single contained story that basically tells us the story on how Cyclops came back to the land of the living because everybody after extermination Everybody was wanting to know who the hell, how the hell is Cyclops alive? Again, guys, it's comics. We can bring anybody back. And they do. Uh, what's really cool about this story is they really go old school on us. Like, they go old school. And, like, I love how the artwork changes. Like, you've got this fuzzy, faded, you know, low-gloss cover. Uh, looks like original artwork. Cyclops, when he was a kid, uh, or in the early days of being an X-Man, he's helping save some students from this guy that controls these robots with this helmet. Uh, he looks kind of like Xavier with Cerebro on his head, right? That's what I thought anyway. But it was really, really cool how they did that. They were showing Cyclops to be the hero, okay? Well, now you're going to... Now, Young Cable is a big part of the story because he's the guy that basically travels through time to make it to where as Cyclops can be resurrected. And they use this thing called a Phoenix cage. Um, and it's funny because one of the kids that Cyclops saved in this era here comes back to save Cyclops's life in the future, 
which is really, really interesting writing, right? Like time travel gets tricky, but when it's done right, it's really cool. Now, here's what the art, the interior looks like for most of the story. Fucking brilliant, right? This uh, Gomez kid, this Carlos Gomez. Hey, dude, you got some chops, man. I'm digging it. I'm digging this artwork. Uh, this is a really cool moment where side dies for the second time but this is actually what saves him okay now i don't want to give it away because it's really cool it's really interesting writing young cable i'm digging young cable man especially when they said you killed you killed my son he goes he was me and he was fucking up this is why i killed him i loved it i was like yeah because that's what cable would do right the new X or the old X-Men were brought to the future by the beast. And I'm gonna get in the weeds here. Uh Cyclops was wrong. Uh yeah, I do too. I fucking love the the black and red Phoenix outfit. It's so dope. Um, but yeah, so it, it really shows like Cyc- you know, Cyclops was wrong. Like, and he realizes he was fucking wrong. He was he became everything that he fucking hated. So I thought that was really cool, but how they that how they finish this story up, man, is fucking good. It's just good storytelling. Again, when you get time travel right, it's fucking excellent. So this was a great story. You you understand now why size back and why he's going to be different. And I love Young Cable. Like Young Cable, it, he kind of reminds me of a Damian Wayne, but not as big of a dick. But he's definitely they've kept. K, the the core parts of Cable in him. And isn't that what the young Cable would do if old Cable was fucking up? He would travel back in time or travel into time and kill his older self because, dude, you've lost your way. Cack. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but the, I really love how they brought him back. It was smart, smart writing. And you guys should really check this out, especially you X-Men fans. You really, really need to check this story out. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to give it eight, eight and a half. I can almost give it a fucking nine, man. It's that good of a single contained story. But you do need a little perspective, and you probably need to have read Extermination. Uh, not all of it, but you do realize size back and everything, because there was a big moment in that story when you find out that he's the guy that Cable's kind of protecting right now. So, And you find out why he did that. So if you've read Extermination, let me put it this way. If you've read Extermination, you definitely, definitely, definitely need to read this uh, for context, if nothing alone. Okay, guys. Um, number one. And I, man, I read this three times. I read this three times. So fucking good. Loved it. Jason Aaron, and you're not going to believe the artist, Andrea Sorrento, or Sorrentino, however the fuck you say it. It's fucking fantastic. This story, I'm a, and, and let me and let me say to everybody in the chat right now, as I'm describing this story, think about the Netflix Iron Fist that we got, Okay. On one hand, it's going to be vomit worthy, but this is the mark that they fucking missed. This is some, just some of the stuff that they could have took from the Iron Fist mythos and made it into something so badass, so fucking awesome, and they fucking took a shit on it, man. But I've always said the Iron Fist character, Kunlun, Shao Lao the Undying, all this stuff, the the... I mean, all of it, 
the terror priests, all these things could be, there's endless shit you could do. Ed Brubaker did some of it in his Iron Fist run. He expanded on that mythos. And this is what I was talking about. This is what I hope Marvel would have done. But guess who did do it? And he fucking killed it. Jason Aaron. Jason motherfucking Aaron. That's who. One of the best writers in comics today because he just gets it, man. All right. You've got Fan Fei. She was the greatest criminal in Kunlun history. All right. As she would walk the city of Kunlun when the when the when the planets aligned or whatever, when the portal opened where she could go to Earth, she would go to Earth and she would train cavemen kung fu. Okay? She got found out. So they basically sentenced her to death. Uh, it was forbidden to teach these things to anybody outside of the of the heavenly city, and it was basically death. So they thought they were feeding her to shout out the undying. Well, that ain't what happened. She ate shout out the undying, basically. And what's really cool is. You know, we've seen this before in, in other Iron Fist comics where he does a move and they give it this cool name, right? Well, this is all in here. Like, they do that they do that to a T here. And they, I just love the names. I don't remember them all, but they were just so cool. So, basically, this is the first Iron Fist because I don't think they knew this would happen. So, when she kills the dragon... Her, you look down and she see she's like then I started to burn like I didn't burn before I'm burning now okay so and then um they banish her they say look all right you you basically you you beat fate you lived but you still broke the law one of our most cherished laws you gotta go so they exiled her back to earth so she didn't teach anymore. Because she she realized that she had done wrong. So now what she does is she goes around protecting. All right. And now these there are these um the gorilla clan. The gorilla clan is basically this amped up clan that goes around destroying everything, like killing cavemen, just killing everything they can. So she basically is fighting them. So you know, here I just wanted to show some of the artwork, like I mean, she's just badass, dude. This this whole comic, she is kicking fucking ass. And just and Sorrentino, man, he's maybe one of the he's one of the best artists working today. I don't give a shit what anybody says. The dude is amazing. And it just his artwork is fantastic. All right. Now, so she's beat up enough of these dudes, uh, these gorillas to where the king gorilla comes out to fight her. Okay, so now this King Gorilla has a diamond club. All right, and like he's fucking pounding her with it. Well, diamond club versus the iron fist. You see what happens. Like, get that shit out of here. So dope. Like, I'm reading this going, what? This is fucking dope. Okay. So as she's at home, or not at home, but she's you know she's just living like right. I mean she's out underneath the fucking stars. She's got this fire. This snake comes out. Well, we find out that the snake is Mephisto, and Mephisto wants to work with her 
because he realizes this chick has found this a power by killing Shalal. So he's obviously trying to manipulate her. She ain't having it. Okay, so what does Mephisto do? He goes to the King Gorilla. And we get our first appearance in Marvel Comics of the Power Stone. He shows this King Gorilla where this Power Stone is. And as you can see, the Gorilla, it kind of metamorphosizes him into this, like, I guess, like this crystallized Power Stone. So as you can see, man, she's all knuckled up and shit. Look, she's all ripped, got abs and everything. She's like, yeah, fucking bring it. Like, Iron Fist versus your stone, who wins? Well, you see the aftermath or the what happens. I'm not going to tell you who wins, but it's dope. It's so dope. Like, this book is exactly what a comic book should be. It's beautiful. The dialogue is it's it's cool and badass and it flows. You've got really cool villains. You've got another like big time villain that's working his machinations in the background and you've got this hero that you really don't know anything about but you fucking love her. Okay? I mean, this is the kind of shit that this is what Iron Fist could have been. Like, just kill Danny Rand off and give me a series with Fan Fae. Okay? So, alright, at the at the end of this battle, okay, there's the end of the battle, then you kind of see how she ends up enjoying the, the, the BC Avengers. The Before Christ Avengers with Odin, Phoenix... The first uh, star brand, the first cosmic, or I'm sorry, the first ghost rider. He rides a fiery mammoth, which they did an origin story on him as well in the Avengers books. Uh, but this is just a fucking awesome story. I want, I so much, I want so much more of this of her and the story of Kunlun and the beginnings of the Iron Fist and just man. <sighs> I could just go on, dude. I could just fucking go on because I love this so much. This is the, the whole time I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, Marvel, god damn it! Why couldn't you give it this? You didn't have it. You had to give us Danny Rand. You didn't have to give us Finn Jones. You could have gave us Orson Randall. You could have gave us Finn Fay. You could have. You could have did so much more. But the Iron Fist, man, this shows what I've always said: the Iron Fist, whoever wields it, is a fucking major player. They're major, man. Like, they're major. They went up against an Infinity Stone, dude. An Infinity Stone and lived to tell about it. Alright? So, that's how fucking powerful the Iron Fist is. Fantastic issue. Please, guys, read this. Fucking steal it online. I don't care. I always want you to support the, the, the genre. I always want you to support comic books. But I really, really, really want uh, you guys to read this. See what you think. Um, I like this. I like that kind of stuff more than the pivot towards cosmic stuff. Yeah, they are. They are kind of doing more cosmic stuff. But what's cool is they take a like a grassroots guy like Iron Fist or the ability of the Iron Fist, and they put it on that cosmic level. Like, dude, the Iron Fist needs to be on the Avengers. Like, the Iron Fist could probably knock Galactus off his fucking off his chair. 
I mean, the Iron Fist is major, major player. And this this story shows it. Like, I think it's gotten lost along the way. Like, what the Iron Fist can do. But Finn Fey shows. Like, um, oh yeah, I love the, uh, the, the 1000 BC Avengers. Like, and that's what this story is about. Um... Yeah, Marcos, dude, you you walked in, dude. You can't. It's like walking into the last part of a movie. You've read this, read this article, read or read this comic, read Avengers thirteen, Marcos, and you tell me that fucking. I'm not saying Finn Jones and that Iron Fist is is major player. Finn Fay and the Iron Fist was major player. The Iron Fist ability, whoever wields it, I mean, they're major. They're fucking major. They went up against a fucking power stone. I mean, one of the toughest infinity stones. And I ain't going to say who won. So you got to watch. You, you got to read it. And I'm not saying that she won, but maybe she didn't lose, right? But you just got to read it. Uh, and just look at it. Don't even read it. Just look at it. It's beautiful. So, Sorrentino is just... He's mind-blowing, man. He's one of the best and becoming slowly, 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 slowly one of my favorites, if not the favorite. Uh, yeah. You know what? You know, uh, I was talking to Big Sam, and, you know, he was a big Iron Fist fan, too. You know, he's a kung fu master. Like, Sam's legit kung fu master. Um, and so he was a big Iron Fist fan, and he even said, like, when he sees Iron Fist shit, all he can think about is Finn Jones' Netflix Iron Fist. And and I'm kind of like that. That's what makes me so happy about this book is it just shows me no fucking no. This is what the Iron Fist is. This is how it should have been done. Just like this, man. So please guys check it out, especially if you like Iron Fist but you hated Finn Jones's Iron Fist, Netflix Iron Fist, which I know a lot of us did in this in this group. Uh, so please, please, please check this out. It's a fucking great story, man. Love it. Uh, books like this are what pump me to do a show, what pump me to go buy comic books, what pump me to read more. Like, I love it. And and why? Like, some weeks, they're okay. I've never had a week where I was like, God damn, this was a shit week for comics. What am I going to talk about? Um, no, it, it, it's never that. It's always like, it was an okay week. Yeah, that was decent. But, man, when I get shit that knocks me, I've been reading comic books for 30 years. Uh, longer than that. Maybe 35 years. And to, to, to read something and still get amped up and be like, yeah, motherfucker. That is what makes it all worthwhile, man. So, that this is the comic that did that for me. Avengers 13. I give it a fucking 10. It's fantastic. It's exactly what a single contained issue story should be. You need no context to just love this fucking story and want to learn more. All right, guys. Uh, to recap, Avengers 13, uh, gave it a 10. Guardians of the Galaxy number one's an awesome, awesome uh, issue. It would have been the pick of the week if not for Avengers 9.5. Uh, what was the next one? Oh, Buffy number one. Really dug it, man. Seven. It's not a rehash. It's a reboot. So the story's different. You need to check it out. Good artwork, too. Shredder number one, I really liked it. The art was really, really cool. The story's really cool. Um, I just, I, I need context because I don't know what's going on. But the story intrigued me enough to where I want to find out. And that's what a number one should do. So I gave it a seven. Uncanny X-Men or annual number one by uh, Ed Bryce and Carlos Gomez. Fantastic art. Great, great, great story. Did I give it a nine? I gave it an eight. 
Did I give it an 8? I give it an 8.5 because it's that fucking good. Time travel. When you nail time travel in a story, it's beautiful. And they nail it here. Uh, Batman, 63, Tom King. Marcos, you're going to love this. It was kind of my turd for the week. Uh, I'm going to give it, a, I think I gave it a 7. It's 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 a, it's a it's a cinder block on a foundation. It's a brick on a foundation of telling a story. It's you know, Tom King's a long a long play story guy. So I liked it. The art's cool, but it's just one of more stories that I need to read. So I gave it a seven. So Batman was kind of a loser this week. What? You know, yeah. Hey, man, I'm honest, right? I try to be. Uh, but guys, thank you so much. That's all I got. Thank you so much. I ran a little over, but it was it was a good week, man. There was some shit I wanted to talk about, and I'm glad you guys were here to listen. Thank you, everybody in the chat, for everybody that joined in the chat, that uh, that, that was uh, active in the chat. Thank you so much. And if you're watching, you don't get in the chat, man, you should. You should always get in the chat just to say hi. Uh, but, yes, thank you for the likes. Smash that like button. Smash that love button. And if you know of somebody that likes comic books, that likes uh, any of this stuff that I do, share my show with them. Uh, let them know that, hey, you might like this. You might not, but you might. And you don't have to listen to me every week, but just, you know, I really, really like to get out there more and to grow this group uh, of, of fantastic guys. Much like Collector's Own Cantina, just a, a positive group most of the time, unless Kurt's trolling me because I don't agree with him. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so uh, like the button, like like the, the the video, listen to me on iTunes. If you haven't left a review on iTunes and Facebook, please do that. That really helps me out with the analytics of everything, uh, of Facebook and iTunes pushing my show out to more people that have a common interest. They do that. It's called SEO. It's confusing. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Uh, but I really, really appreciate the support. Check out, I know Kurt uh, gave a second link, a better link to, to, for the GSTU merchandise store. You can buy Blazing Defender shirts with the Skull logo on it. I know you guys have been wanting those. So please, please, please check that out. You're going you're gonna to love that, man. Because uh, the logo is cool, right? The logo is pretty cool. So uh, check that out. And uh, if you do end up buying a shirt when you get it, if you can take a picture of yourself in the shirt and send it to me. I'll post it online and, and, and all my social media outlets uh, to just thank you for supporting me. All right, guys, that's all I got, man. Hey, check out the Giant Size Team Up Network. We've got other shows that you might dig, Botched, uh, Breaking the Panel, uh, Nerds Versus, uh, a bunch of other good shows, man. So please check it out. And with that, guys, um, Check out that trailer. The Boys 2019. Yes, I will. I love The Boys. Yes, uh, Garth Ennis. Uh, yeah, um, uh, Frederick Debo, Great Super Bowl Debates, which is a great page. You guys should like it. He just posted a link to this trailer for The Boys. I love that comic book. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Talk about it next week. How about that? Uh, we need a comic book guy in the cantina. We don't have one. You got me, buddy. You always got me, Marcos. Come on, man. We're boys. You always got me. Uh, but yeah, man. So where are those shirts at? Rocky, go up to Kurt Bootwin and link for the shirts. Uh, I don't know if I can copy and paste it. I can't. Uh, but it's up there. It's, it's, it's Kurt Bootwin. It's, it doesn't have a timestamp on it, but it says, it says link right here for the shirts. All right. 
so yeah, check that out, man. Yeah. Again, if you get a shirt, please take a photo of it and send it to me and I'll, I'll, I'll plaster all over, uh, my, uh, my social network. And, uh, again, guys, thank you so much for joining in. You're not active. You barely say shit going to change that. Well, shit, man. I talk about y'all every week. What more do you want from me? Good Lord. Ah, man, just like my wife, she's never happy. There we go. Thank you, uh, Debo, for reposting that link for the shirts. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I'm out of here. Uh, I'm starving right now. My belly's like, I think I'm going to have to edit out the growls. All right, guys. Uh, that's it. Oh, and I always like to end my show on something positive. So please just treat each other like you'd want to be treated. Uh, that's holding the door, giving a turn signal, saying thank you. Yes, ma'am. Just be respectful to other people. You know you like that shit, so you should give that back in return. And if we all do a little bit, the world will just be that much better of a place. But thank you guys again for your support. I love you all, and uh, I'll be back next week with more good shit, hopefully. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.